You can take your Bibles and turn to First Samuel chapter 16. Now before I start, well, I am starting, that's why I'm speaking, so I can't say before I start, but we came from a mission conference now and during the week I prayed and asked God, what now? It's been and it has been great, I think you all can agree if you attended it. It was a really great weekend and a lot happening that weekend, but now the question is, if you have been called, let's say that weekend, after this weekend, something touched your heart and say, now you feel like you're called, or, or maybe you're standing there and you want to be called and you still um, wanting to hear from God and wanting to be called. doesn't matter if it is to be a missionary, but just to do something in the ministry. Now, that is what I prayed about, and hopefully this sermon will help you to answer that question or that unanswered question of yours, what now? Now that I'm called, or I want to be called, how can I get called? Because I constantly ask God, please call me, please call me, but I don't really hear from him. So hopefully after this sermon, I hope you have a one small point. It's only one point that you know how to be called or what now if you are called. So before I'm going to start, I first want to have a word of prayer before we start this sermon. Father, we... I want to thank you again that we can come together around your throne tonight again, Lord, and in your house. Father, help us now as we dig into this message, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me to speak clearly. Let the people understand what you want them to hear, Lord. Help them to answer that unanswered question they maybe have in their mind, Lord. Please be with us throughout this sermon. Otherwise, we can just go home right now, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so 1 Samuel chapter 16, and I think maybe you all are familiar with this chapter. This is where David shows up in the Bible. Now, this is a great story of its own, but I want to look at, we're going to look at David's life before he became this great king. So let's start off in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. It says, and the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil, and go. I will send thee to Jess, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Now if you're familiar with the story, at this moment Saul is in the, kingdom, uh, in the king position. But at the end here, the, um, God um, told Samuel, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Now, if you are called, God is calling you. He wants you to be the missionary. It's not someone else who is calling you. And now God says, I want to provide me a king. He wants to provide himself a king. Now, we can first stop there and just point this out. If God, if God called you, you should impress him. Not people around you and He's the one also providing for you. He's the one that will guide your path. You don't have to now say, okay, I'm called. Now I'm going to show everyone, you know what, I'm called. I'm, I'm the man now. It's still God who you should focus on. He's the one who called you out to be a, I want to say, a king now. He's the one calling you, and he's the one that actually got you here where you are to be, I want to say, to be called. Because um, before you um, did what you did, he didn't want to call you yet because you weren't ready yet. But now that he's calling you, you need to stay faithful to him. Because often 
if something happens good, you want to tell other people and impress them. But at the end of the day, you still have to impress God. And I think last weekend, they, um, Pastor Mike appointed out to Vincent and Sulis. At the end, they shouldn't um, um, see how good they are in the ranks with people and how people love them. They still have to answer to God because God is the one calling them as well. So that's the first thing I want to show you that for I have provided me a king among his sons. So God is the one calling David now. Okay, so let's dig into verse 2 now. It says, And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. Now on a side note, we're not talking about Samuel now, but it is also a great lesson to learn. Samuel is also called of God to, God sent him to call this, to um, go and, and, and um, and say, choose David now to be, to be anointed and stuff. But he's, he's scared of Saul. If God calls you, you don't have to be scared. You don't have to fear men. You can fear God. Because he's already seen what you need to go and do. He's already seen the whole path forward. You can just go ahead and go and do it. So that's on a side note. If God has called you, don't be scared of it. God already has the plan. You just have to be faithful according to his plan. Because if someone else has... Um, already done something, let's say went on a hiking trip before you, and now we, got, we are going this weekend, spoiler alert, I'm going this weekend, coming weekend to the Drakensberg, but I have done this route before. Now, I've, taught, I've, I've made a list of things I have to pack and remember and how cold it will be, all those things. Now, if they don't really listen to me, they will suffer on this road. But if they, I've already done this, if they just see the list and see everything they need to remember and pack and how they should train for this, everything will actually be fine. And the same with this. God has already seen the whole road here. If you just follow in His will, everything will be good. You will get to the end. But sometimes we want to wander off and now, I think this is much better. This feels much more comfortable. But at the end, that path will not lead to your end goal. So yeah, so let's go on in verse 3. It says, and call Jace, yeah. And call Jace to sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom, him, him whom I name unto thee. Again, you see, and thou shalt anoint unto me him. It's again, God points this out. It's I'm choosing the king now. Because if you, if you know the story, Saul, God didn't really chose the people wanted him to be king. Because we'll read now again how people look at someone, how they judge people. But God wants to point out, I'm choosing the king now, and I'll show you what I can do with someone. So now let's see what happens in the story further on. In verse 4, And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? Well, I just want to point out why the people are um, afraid of Samuel. If you can just go with it back to the previous chapter in verse 33, this is quite a brutal thing. And Samuel said, As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. So I think that is why they are scared of, of Samuel. I mean, if you know what that word hewed means, it's, it's chopping pieces and it's just making a lot of pieces of something. And now, okay, don't picture that in your mind now, but that is quite brutal to do that to someone. So, 
that might be a good reason for why the people was trembled at his coming and, and say, comest thou peaceably, because they didn't want that to happen to them. But we can continue on further. In verse 5, it says, And he said, peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jace and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. Now, if you know, okay, let, let us continue on and then you'll see what I want to say. And verse 6, it says, And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before, me, before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jace called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jace made Shammah to pass by. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again Jace made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jace, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jace, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. Now I want to stop there first and say sometimes, Oh, that is what we should do. You shouldn't be one of the um, high-ranked people and think, now, now God will choose me. I mean, he was part of the family, David. But then when, um, when this prophet came, Samuel, the family didn't even think, now, let's leave David. He's not even that important. Let's leave him out. Um, Samuel came to anoint someone great, so that it can't be David. That might be you, and you need to be that. If that is you tonight and you feel like, no, I'm, I'm down low and no one recognized me, good, God will recognize you. Because that, that is what happened in this passage. They all think, no, 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 this, this son of mine, Eliab, he's a great one. Look at him. And Samuel, he even thought, well, this must be him. And the Lord said, no, not him. And so, and so Jay said, no, can it, maybe this son. He said, no, not him. And he went through all the sons. And he said, isn't there maybe still one more son? Because in, the, in another sense, Samuel had great faith in God. I mean, he didn't know how many sons this guy had. But he had faith that God said, no, I will show you the son. And he said, well, maybe there must be another son. Now, where is the other son? So that's the other point. You don't need to be great. You, know, you, don't, you don't have to be great in other people's sight. You can be just doing your job as is, like David did. He was keeping the sheep, and that's what he was good at. And he just kept that, and at the end, God called him. So now I want to point you to verse um, 7, where it says, but the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Now, you can quickly turn to 1 Samuel chapter 13. To see, this is way before Samuel needed to go to David and find this king for, the, for God. But look what um, God said about David. In um, Samuel 13, verse 4, it says, But now thy kingdom shall continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord, commanded, which the Lord commanded thee. David was a man after God's own heart. Was David already in the ministry at this point? No. So it doesn't mean you have to be in the ministry and 
do all these great things and go through Bible school and know your Bible and quote Scripture, all those things and be a great person in the church. No, David just did all the basic stuff. And that's my big point tonight that God has revealed to me. If you are called or want to be called, stick to the basic stuff. David just stick to the basic stuff and he was a man after God's heart. Long before David was even think of, uh, well, at this point, I tried to do some research to know how old David was at this point. Well, most of them said he must have been between 10 and 15 years because of his older brothers, um, the three that went to the army, you have to be 20 at that, at that um, in this part of um, history, you have to be 20, then you go to the army, almost like we had not a, um, a few years back. So that means those three brothers, but then he had other three brothers as well, and then David was the younger, so they worked it out like that, but at the end, it was between 10 and 16 years old, and he was a man after God's heart. doesn't mean you have to be old and well-established in the faith long after only 40 years into the ministry, then you can be a man after God's heart. You can be as small as that and just keep the faith and just take, stick to the basic stuff. And the basic stuff in today's life is we have three services on a Sunday. We have the Bible school, well, only this week now, but then we have prayer meetings, we have witnessing. Those are kind of the basic stuff because God can't trust you if you can't stick to the basic stuff. The same sense is, now I want to say we are servants for Christ and this is all He, he has for us to do in this ministry, to come to church, we have three, three services on a Sunday, we have prayer meetings, we have this, um, discipleship, we have that, but we have Bible school, we have <coughs> sorry, witnessing. Now let's say at your job tomorrow, uh, yeah, tomorrow morning, you go there, but then Tuesday you feel like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to go five times this week to work, I'll only go four, I'll skip Tuesday and then go Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Do you think your boss will be happy? Do you think your boss will be able to um, trust you with big stuff? Well, I think you'll be fired after that. Not even, I mean, imagine God was able, or was, was able to do that. Like after you're saved, you cannot be saved anymore. Well, if you're saved, once saved, always saved. But imagine that wasn't like that. How many times have you been fired from, a, from God's children? How many times have you ever said, you, pitched, you didn't pitch up again. Bye-bye. I can't trust you anymore. But now, after this mission conference, you might be called. Now, what do you do now? We will look further into this passage now and, and see that. So, let's continue in verse 11. It says, And Samuel said unto Jace, Have you read it? Have you read it? Yeah. And Samuel said unto Jace, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. So David was at the sheep. Now, if you know the history of this, some, if you are really wealthy and you have someone else keeping the sheep, but, well, this means they weren't a wealthy family because they had to use one of the sons to keep the sheep. But David didn't think, Oh, I don't really want to do that, and he's not doing it. He was at the sheep when they wanted to call him. He was at his job, keeping the basics. He was sticking to the basics, and where they found him, keeping the sheep, where he was supposed to be. And it says, in the last part of verse 11, And Samuel said unto Jace, Send and fetch him, 
for we will not sit down till he come hither. Verse 12, And he sent, and he sent, and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and withal of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. First of all, I want to point out, do you know what the word ruddy means? Well, I've looked that up, and it says, it's a human skin, the color of a human skin, about reddish color. Now, you think, okay, well, that means gingers can also be called. <laughs> but, but, but that's not what, I, what I've... Well, that might be the case. But the other thing is, if you keep the sheep the whole day, that means the sun will burn you. And then you will get this reddish skin. That means he was really doing his job. He didn't, he didn't sit under a tree and was lazy and thought, well, I'm going to be at the sheep, so I'm going to sit under this tree. He wasn't the, they didn't say he came from England here. He said he was a ruddy guy. He was red. So he had this reddish color on his skin. That means he was sticking to the basics. He was at the sheep and he was really doing his job. There was evidence of him doing the basics. Now, now here in this passage, he, uh, in the verse 12, David, uh, God told Samuel, now this, this is the one I want. Arise and anoint him, for this is he. Now, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Hold your place in um, Samuel. And then please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now I want to show you again who God will call to the ministry and for a calling that you can help the ministry of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, it says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. And we read further. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to no things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto wisdom, unto, made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. You see there, it didn't say you have to get a PhD and be this in the church. You have to become a deacon or a pastor or anything in the church. He said he wants to use, he doesn't want to use noble, not mighty. He doesn't use, want to use men after the flesh. He wants you to stick to the basic and be faithful. Then he can only call you. Now we can go back to Samuel chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 16 and read further on how David's story <coughs> played off. So we read in verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth me. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp, and it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, 
that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well, and bring him to me. Then answered one of his servants, and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jess, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing, and a mighty, valiant man, and a man of war, and a prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jeff, and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. I want to stop there first. Now, this whole passage I read is, Now David was anointed, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, but then another spirit left Saul, and he wanted something to help him through this. Now, at this point, David was anointed. Now, I think most of all, if you are called, you want to say, No, I'm great, I'm called, and tell everybody. But what did David do? Did you see there in verse 19? Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. He was called and he went straight back to the basics and stick to it. He went back to the sheep and kept, his, kept the sheep and did his job what he was supposed to do. He didn't went on, okay, now I'm called, now I need to be treated royal, not, nothing like that. He went straight back to keep the sheep. And that's how we should be. We should always stick to the basics because that's what, you, that, um, that's what brought you where you are now. Let's say we take... Um, a, let's say a tennis player, Rafael Nadal, for instance. He's playing really good and everything, but when he became world number one, he didn't say, okay, now I'm number one. Now let's change things. He kept to the basics. He kept to his basic training to stay where you are because that's what brought him to that place. And what has brought God from calling you, or if you want to be called, you have to stick to the basics. You can't now think, okay, now you can leave the basics, now you're done with that. You still have to Come to church, prayer meeting, read your Bible. You have to stick to the basics. You can't think, now I need to be treated royal. Then you will fall. Then at, the, at this point, David wasn't called yet. He was anointed, but there were still things to do. But he went back and keeping the sheep because that's where they found him. They didn't find him among his friends telling them, you know what, Samuel anointed me. Now I'm the man. Now you have to let, he did nothing like that. He went straight back to the sheep. And that's how our attitude should be as well. So now at this point, now they um, Saul asked for David. Now maybe in David's mind, he thought, well, okay, now Saul, the king is calling me. Something great is going to happen and now is the time. And let's look, let's look what happened now. Verse 20. And Jace took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David, his son, unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him. And he loved him greatly and became, an, became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jace, Saul sent to Jace, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And he came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hands. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Now I want to actually say that David didn't go on and become a king and become great. He didn't went and speak in front of people. All he had to do is just play and harp. That was, that was what he was called at this point. You might think this king is calling you and you might think, no, this play and harp, I think most of all, and the flesh will tell you, I don't want to play a harp. I was anointed. I wasn't anointed to play a harp. I've played the harp my whole life. I want to do something great. He went on and said, you know what? I'll do what I was called to do and I'm going to play this harp now. And he stick to that. Now, let's continue in this chapter. Now, at this point, he's now the armor-bearer of Saul. And now, let's see what happened further on. We can go to 
First Samuel chapter 17, the next chapter, but let's start in verse 12. And look what happened here again. Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Bethlehem Judah, whose name was Jez, and he had eight sons, and the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jez went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of the, his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, and next unto him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But look here in verse 15. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Again, he went back to the basics. Again, he said, you know what? Even though I went and played before Saul and now my armor better, I still have basic things to do. I still have to go back to the basics. And he went straight back and went and keep his father's sheep. Now, this might seem... Strange, but he went and kept the sheep, and now he did this all alone. He went there and kept the sheep. Now you might think, oh, keeping the sheep again, I don't want to do that. Well, if you, if you know about the story, while he was keeping the sheep, he defeated the lion and a bear. Now think of a 15-year-old guy doing that. He says he took the lion and he chopped his head off and all those great things. But that was by just keeping to the basics. Now you might think, no, I'm going to go and do great things. Keep the basics. The great things will come to you just by chance. And now he, he went on and defeated the lion and the bear. But in the other sense, that's all there away in the desert, keeping the sheep and all those things. Now, in most of the time, doing the small stuff, well, that's just from my experience and what I can see in David's life. That's almost the times that God speaks the most to you. Not in these great things because then you're distracted of, wow, wow, look at what I can do. But if you stay still in those small things, let's for instance, you might think if you are washing the dishes, now that's not good. While you're washing the dishes, your mind just go to ease and you're quiet and um, you, get, you get silent. Now I want to um, take you to keep your place here in First Samuel. Go to Psalm chapter 8. Now we're going to look at a few places what um, David wrote, and I'll show you that he wouldn't be able to write this if he didn't stick to the basics, if he didn't keep the sheep. Look what I want to say God revealed to him while he was just sticking to the basics. In Psalm chapter 8, look at this great um, psalm that he wrote. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I, when I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the path of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Now, when I looked at this um, chapter, I thought, wow, that was only possible by, by, ju by just sitting there, looking at the sheep and looking 
on God's glory of what he made. And then he was only able to wrote this psalm. Not by doing, going to the city and tell everyone, you know, look how great I am and go on. He went and kept the basics. And then God spoke to him and he was able to write, write this. We can go to Psalm chapter 19 and look at a few more places of what he wrote. Psalm chapter 19. In verse 1 it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament show, showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where the voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and the words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. Now I'm just thinking of David playing his harp and says, There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. He knew God was with him there as well. And in that place, God was, God was good enough for him. Just God. He didn't need people around him. He just needed God. And God still heard his voice. And he could see the heavens declare the glory of God. And just saw the glory of God. Now, we don't have to read this chapter, but you all know Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He saw the sheep. And he saw, well, God is my shepherd. He protects me because of the lion and the bear that came to him. I mean, I think any 15-year-old won't tell me now, well, maybe they will think they are teenagers and they think they're mighty to defeat the lion. But to just think that and you come through this and you defeat the lion and the bear, I think if a real teenager went through that, at the end you'll say, okay, now, I'm not mighty, this must be God. But nonetheless, David saw this and he was able to write, the Lord is my shepherd. And now you have access to that great psalm. Because of David, he stuck to the faith and he kept the basics. And he just kept those sheep that he was, that was his job to do. And he kept the sheep and he was able to write this great song, psalm. Now so, we can turn back to First Samuel. Now there's a lot of, okay, I think you can read to the whole book of Psalms. And everywhere you'll find and see what he wrote was because of he had this quiet time with God. Where you read in Psalm 1, he meditated day and night in his law. He was just there sitting with the sheep, keeping the sheep from the morning till the evening, just keeping the sheep and just saw God's glory and God met with him. And what a great time that can be. And you can also have access to that. If you just keep to the basics, that's where you will find God. Because he wants to trust you, but he wants to trust you in the smaller things so he can give you a bigger project. Now I want to... I'll keep this as anonymous as possible. But there was a guy coming to our work in the beginning of the year. He also um, finished his studies as an engineer. And he came to the workplace. And now, obviously, you have to start at the bottom. You can't just come in and I work at the sailplane company. You cannot just come in and design this big sailplane because you will kill someone, I promise you. <laughs> Even I was, I've been working there now for two years and I don't want to be trusted alone. They must not leave me alone and design something and put it in the aircraft. I don't want to do that because you will kill someone. But now this guy came in and obviously now you're an engineer. Now you think, now I'm an engineer. I'm cold now. Now I want to design this great stuff. Now he was with this attitude, come and design this great stuff. And now we have to give them work. And as he came, he came into the office and said, you know what? You can give me any type of work. Just don't give me drawings. I mean, with that attitude, now drawings is if you design a part and you have to now give the dimensions of 
how to manufacture it. Now that is not a nice thing to do, but it has to be done. But he came with this attitude, you can give me anything to design anything, but just don't give me drawings. And we thought, now this guy, he thinks he's the boss. You know what he's still doing now? Drawings. <laughs> so, and now this is about eight, eight months now. He's still doing drawings because that's the only thing we can trust him with. He didn't, he, he didn't humble himself and say, you know what, give me anything and what you're giving me, excel in it, want to do it good. He still have this lazy attitude. It, that's not, that's not, and that's the same with God. You cannot come to God and say, you know what, God, I'll do anything for you as long as you don't let me wash the dishes or pack up church or all these things. Don't come with a list to God. Come with an empty page and say, God, fill in the list. What must, what must I do? What can I do? And do it as best as you can and keep to the basics. That's what gets you to the top. Not by just going in and, you know what, no, I'm not going. I've studied engineering for four years. I didn't study to do drawings. Well, if you really did engineering, we have an engineering manager now. I spoke to him about two weeks ago. He's in a way a little bit depressed now, but he's now the manager. And he, I think you always, if you were small, you're like, no, I want to be a manager one day. But when he's now, he's, now that he's a manager, he says, I don't want to be a manager anymore because he's only doing paperwork and drawings, all those bad things in life. But nonetheless, you have to stick to the basics and excel what you want to do. You have to excel in what is given to you and do the best you can with what you have right in front of you. Don't look to the front and see, wow, they are called to Russia. I want to do that as well. And now go sit and wait until you're called to Russia. <laughs> if you really know Vincent and Celise, they really stick to the basics. Even though they were called a few years ago, they stick to the basics. They still came to Bible school. They still came to church. Well, they're not here now because they're in another church. And they <laughs> that's kind of, sorry about that. <laughs> but, but you know what? They're already ordained, so they're on their way. So, <laughs> yeah, shame. Luckily, they're not, yeah, they should have been, yeah, that would have been better. But, <laughs> but, but, but you all know them. They, they really stick to it and kept on going. They were at witnessing on campus on Saturdays. They really try to be er everywhere they can with, um, as, as, as most as possible. They really try not to actually miss anything and stick to the basics. And at the end, they were fully called. Now we can continue in our passage and look what David still did. So we were in <coughs> verse 15 what that said, But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So now he went back to feed the sheep again. But then we read in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 17. It says, And Jay said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah, for this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of the thousand, and look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Now look at verse 20. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. Now David was anointed. He was at Saul. He was an armor bearer. And he went back to keep the sheep and now his father asked him another thing, to just run an errand, to just take this food and take it to thy brethren, take it to thy brother so they can have eat to fight the battle. He didn't say, 
go back, but go help to fight the battle. Just go and give them some food. You know what David did? He rose up early in the morning and he went on and did the Father's command. But I want to show you another thing that David did. It says in um, verse 20, And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper. He still thought about the basic thing that he was already given to do. And he thought, you know what? I now have to do this. Now I have to organize the plan and not just leave it there. And he organized the keeper. Okay, while I'm gone, I'm quickly going to come back. I will come back. But he, d- he didn't forget about the basic things. Still, he, he thought about it and made a plan in advance to, um, to still keep the sheep of his father. Now, from there on, we know that after that, then David was in the right place and then he went on to kill Goliath on that. But it wouldn't have been so if he didn't keep the basic things. Because he did the basic things and he had given another job. It didn't seem nice. I mean, I know when we were a child and the mother asked, go wash the dishes or do this, like, oh, we have to do some housework. This was, in a way, housework. Just go give your brother some food. And he said, you know what, I'll do that. He rose up early in the morning. He didn't say he slept late and, oh, sorry, Father, yeah, I'll go. And he, he, he rose up early in the morning, had a keeper already planned, and then he went on and took the food to his brothers. And that's the attitude we should have. And at the end, David was at the right place at the right time. And then God could use him. Because God wants you to be keeping the basic things. And then, you can, then he is able to use you. And that's the only way. And now as we come from this missions conference, if you felt you're, like, you're called, now what do you do next? Keep the basic things. Don't go on and think, oh, okay, now I'm called. Now, now I need to do something. Just keep on doing the basic things. Because that's why God called you. He didn't call you because he thought, well, no, if I call him, he can do this. He said, I'm calling him because he's faithful in the small things. And now he still wants to see if you're still faithful. And as you stay faithful, you'll be at the right place at the right time. Now there are other two people as well that was also faithful before they came or their ministry started. Jesus is a great example. Why only started at the age of 30? Why did, he ministry, why did his ministry only start then? He was faithful in the small things he had to do and also stay sinless. And in the small things, then only his ministry started when he was 30 years old. And the same with Saul, but became, who became Paul. From the moment he was saved until his first mission trip was about 14 years. I mean, 14 years waiting and preparing. But he kept, he kept, he kept to the basic things. You read there that he and Barnabas, he, they just took, they just took the money to the next place and they just, they run some errands. And that's what you need to do. You need to keep to the basic things. Don't leave the things that you've already been done if you're called now. And if you want to be called, show, the, show God that he can trust you. Stay to, stick to the basic things rather than going and think, no, I want to be something great. Now I'm going to change something. Don't change anything. Keep to the basic stuff in this life. Just keep to the basic stuff in the ministry. Attend every church service. Attend prayer meetings. Go to Bible school. Get someone to disciple or be disciple. Go to witnessing. And just stick to those things. And I promise you, you'll be at the right place at the right time for God to use you. And then another thing, now you think, now I have to wait. It's not actually waiting. It's training. That is what it is. It's not waiting, ah, okay, now I have to be lazy, I have to keep to the basic, I want to do something more. No, this is part of your training. Because this is everything you need to get to be equipped so that God can use you one day. 
Yeah, that's all I want to leave to you tonight. To just go back to the basics and stick to the basics in order for God to call you. Be like David. Go back to the sheep and keep the sheep. Because David became a great king because he never lost that shepherd's heart. That's what, that's what made him a great king. He had that shepherd's heart. He had that heart of the basic stuff. And he always remembered that. And that's what you need to do as well. Because when Wenzel and Sulis, or if some of you were called to the mission field, or someone that is in the mission field, the things that keep them on going is looking back to the basic stuff at that moment when God called them, at that great time they had and how they progressed. It's not because they are some great people. They have to stick to the basic stuff. And then they will push through and keep holding on to that faith and um, get to the end goal. So you never, never lose that shepherd's heart. And that's the heart we need to get. Because that's the heart that God wants. Because he chose a man after his own heart. And you know what heart, heart that J- David had? He had a shepherd's heart. He was a shepherd and he could keep that um, little sheep they had. Because that's what one of the brethren, one of his brothers said. They had only a few sheep. It's not thousands of sheep. Maybe it was only ten. We don't know exactly. But he still did it. And he had that shepherd's heart. And he kept that shepherd's heart while he was a king as well. And that's what made him a great king. Because of all the training he went through by keeping to the basic stuff. Amen. Let's just have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you that we could have a great time in your house today, Lord. And as we come now to an end, Lord, help us to stay faithful to the basic things in this life, Lord. Basic things in the ministry, Lord. And help us never to lose sight of that, Lord. And go back to the training grounds and keep on training, Lord, until the day you want to call us and want to use us, Lord. And if we are called, help us also to stay faithful, Lord, and never lose sight of the basic things of Christianity, Lord. Because that's the things that build our foundation, Lord. We know you are the foundation and help us to never lose sight of you, Lord. And I want to thank you that what you've done for us on the cross, Lord, and that you died for our sins and thank you that you trust us now with that message that we can go and preach it, Lord. What a great honor that is, Lord. And help us throughout this week, Lord, to stick to the basics and preach your word, Lord, and do the one command you ask us to do. Preach the gospel to every creature, Lord. Father, I want to ask that you bless us now as we head home, Lord, and throughout this week, Lord, help us to get through this week, Lord, and and tell someone about what you did for them on the cross. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.